You're more worried about your cat than you are. I was, Aaron. I am, although she getting up. God, like it's a whole thing. My cat, she's she's like my child. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had to have the conversation about who her father is? No, thankfully she's never asked. So okay, (laughs) obviously you know. As we as we uh, as we learn in today's movie. By the way, welcome everybody to, <laughs> to watching stuff. We are talking about uh, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. I'm Dan Kotnick, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, uh, Aaron Alice. Aaron, uh, so you haven't had the conversation about the the cat's father. The cat mm-hmm. doesn't know who her father is. Nope. Could be. Some dark cat lord sitting out there. She might have some vengeance. siblings she's gonna make out with. <laughs> no, <laughs> could happen. Incest? Question mark. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Robin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So before we jump into this movie and everything about this, I wanted to start off right the right off the bat with a question that I completely forgot to ask you mm-hmm. uh, in our last episode. And that was, you know, you famously, infamously now around all of this, you didn't watch any of this stuff, Star Wars, like the Marvel stuff until very recently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So before any of this, had you seen, like, what were you familiar with with Star Wars? Like, because there's, because Star Wars especially has so much, like, spoof content around it like mm-hmm. so many references around oh, yeah family guys yeah. like the three episodes uh robot chicken like famously did a mm-hmm. ton of stuff there's space balls which is space just balls, entire... which is, i love that movie too <laughs> okay so like yeah. do you, yeah. like when you watch space balls before the star wars like do you like well, how does like how do you view that right so i i believe i've seen the first three like i don't know if in full but in parts like when i was young like okay but i have such a shit memory that like it's bits and pieces that i remember in i like remember the movie as a whole but i don't remember any of like really the plot but i remember obviously like the i mean i think i probably even knew the darth vader spoiler before them because it just was such a popular pop culture reference that right like, which is funny because I was talking last night that it's actually kind of a Mandela effect that everybody thinks it's Luke, I am your father, but he actually doesn't even say Luke. He just says, I am your right. father. Um, so it's just one of those lines that's every time someone breathes into a fan, thanks to like Tommy boy, Tommy you know, boy. you say, yeah. like, you know, like <laughs> it, it, it's so well known. And then I do remember vaguely watching episode one in theaters when it came out. I don't remember much about that other than Jar Jar Banks and the pod racing up until like mm-hmm. re- our, the rewatch I did a couple months ago. So I was familiar with the basics, like the, I, I mean, and, and we'll get to it, but like it, it, some of the stuff I did not have any idea about most of it, honestly, Um other than like what was the basics in the first few movies. But for example, like I didn't know how um, the rise of, what is it? The Oh God, the third and the prequel. I had no idea how that movie was going to end. That was such a jarring ending for me. Yeah. It was, was a jarring ending for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it was, I was taken, what's it called? Is it the rise of, or the. Rise of Skywalker. No, it's um, no of the prequels. Um, the third one. Oh, of the prequels. 
Oh, of the third. You're talking about the third, the last yeah. one. Um, yeah. Oh, shoot. I'm yeah, now trying I, to I, There's so many, like, the rise of, they Attack strike of the back. Clones. Um, Revenge of the it's Sith. Some, That's what it Revenge is. of the Good Sith. Lord. That's right. There's I too knew much, like, I, rising and right. striking back. And, striking like, I can't back. remember. I can't yeah. remember. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, the Revenge of the Sith, like, that whole ending and how that ended. I was, I mean, I kind of knew what happened with Anakin, but, like, the complete like wipeout, like kind of of every the attempted wipeout of all the jet, like that was so right. jarring to me, because um, yeah. I didn't know that that happened. So um, yeah, it was it was. There have been a lot of those moments here. Honestly, probably more than Marvel, um, because the Marvel spoilers are a lot more recent for most of it. So right, um, you know, like Endgame and you know Infinity War, the ending, the snap, yeah. like that was yeah. pretty. That was memed quite a bit. Right. That's see, that's the thing is like I because I watched most I stopped watching like Marvel up until like Winter Soldier and I hadn't seen mm -hmm. any after that until mm -hmm. recently. But I knew most of what happened in all of them and I knew like all of the major like, you know, beats and hit points because like you said, like you cannot be on social media without it getting right. death and like already knowing like, oh, OK, I, I know what's coming up. Star Wars like it wasn't there's there hasn't been a star wars movie made until you know the new trilogy mm -hmm. that was around during social media right so any of that stuff like you said the the ending for revenge of the sith like i think a lot of people knew where that was headed because the, mm -hmm. the the prequels the prequels have a very like um this is going to sound i'm going to try to say this it has a very hitlery <laughs> right, right. because anytime someone makes a movie about hitler mm -hmm. we all know how it ends right you know, right like, like there was that valkyrie movie like 10 years ago with tom cruise and it was like yeah we all know how this movie's gonna end mm -hmm. he gets away like hitler keeps doing stuff right it's a, it's a freaking downer and it's like all through the prequels everyone just kind of knows like well we know that you know, Luke doesn't have a mom. Right. <laughs> right. And there's um, not many, there's not Jedi just run around everywhere. Right. So and what's, and it, it, it was, um, I think the most, the jarring, the most jarring part was the younglings part. And we'll obviously get oh, to this. That, that was, oh boy. And okay, I had heard we, we're talk about, I know. <laughs> and I've heard, oh. cause I had heard about, like I had heard a mention of younglings, but I'd never understood what the hell uh -huh. that meant until the, the prequels. And then that scene. And I was, I, I think I probably cried. Like it was awful, <laughs> but we'll get to that. We will talk, we'll deal yeah. with that trauma another day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's we'll talk more about uh, the actual movie that we're talking about today, Empire Strikes Back. Arguably, arguably, the best Star Wars movie. Mm. Like that, like that's yeah. kind of the consensus that's out there with everybody, regardless of really almost like regardless of who you talk to, like what kind of fan they were, like when they started watching when you know they were old enough to watch when these came out like originally mm -hmm. or if they started watching the prequels or they're you know 16 17 right now and they just started watching all the the new ones empire strikes back kind of feels like it's just always been consensus best mm -hmm. star wars movie 
and yeah. and it's it's really I I think it's really cool that out of all of the stuff that's been made with with Star Wars and everything and like you said how many generations it spans and how toxic fandom especially Star Wars fandom can mm-hmm. be that Empire just always kind of remains that stalwart like it's still the best out of all of them yeah i mean it because obviously we talked about this last um last episode was um it 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 starts out like the the first one um a new hope starts out with as being like one movie you definitely don't get the feeling that they're going to make another one i mean you kind of can because vader kind of just launches off into space and they they leave it a little open-ended but like the whole metal scene like if they weren't going to make another one you you could say like oh that's the end and so this movie actually establishes like a some continuity Mm -hmm. and some stuff that's going to happen so i think um, there's no weird ending at the end of the movie that you're like, well, they we might not ever see another one. Like they definitely set it up as there's there's like so many loose ends that need to be tied up. So I think that's a big part of it is knowing that they were going to make another one so they could get away with a lot, you know, more setup in the plot. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I think it just like it just goes to like the fact of like sequels in stuff like this sequels just kind of tend to be a little bit better in general because you don't have to do so much world building mm. around it now i think star wars itself doesn't actually do a lot of that you know and like i think we kind of touched on it last time we talked uh when we were doing a new hope is like that's kind of like famously what george lucas didn't do You know, there's not a ton of exposition in A New Hope of, like, here's the Empire, and here's why they're bad, and here's Darth Vader, and here's his backstory, and, you know, Mm -hmm. on and on and on and on. It's like, you know, it just throws you right in the middle of a story that's already happening, Mm -hmm. and here's everybody's names. Catch up, motherfucker, because we're not waiting for Um, But, like, now that you've set up sort of, you've had the initial clash in Mm -hmm. the first one, now this second one, you can just do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Like we know who the people are, we know the stakes, we already know what's happened, and now just go banana sandwich. Right. Immediately, it's new, new world, new characters. Um, you know, they throw you right into. There's no ketchup needed, um, right. as much as I feel like there was in the first one. Yeah, and I think it. You know, it it it, it helps too with the scroll at the beginning which is famous obviously Mm -hmm. and george lucas actually like caught a ton of flack for doing the scroll the way he did because he moves all of the credits the actor credits to the end of the movie Mm -hmm. which went against like everything like the writer the the screen actors guild and um the mpaa like wanted you know because you, you always like every movie you throw the credits up at the beginning here's mm-hmm. who's in it here you know here's our Directed stars. by mm-hmm. right right and he actually like protest like left the screen actors guild like like basically just went off and did his own thing because like the scroll at the beginning is just too important to the world setting of this because you don't you get you get thrown right into the movie Mm-hmm. you get you get you get the little information dump like a little like one minute information dump at the beginning and go go crazy with the story man 
you know? And so just kudos again to like some of the stuff George Lucas fought for at the beginning that just set up the rest of the series like as a whole. Yeah. Cause it also, that the, the opening, the scrolling um, story or whatever you want to call it is also awesome because you don't have to have some stupid, like really cheesy line, like where someone explains like, yes, we've been here for two weeks. Like, (laughs) like, it's like, yes, we all know we've been here for two weeks. You don't have to have someone like, like awkwardly explain (laughs) the situation of like, we're all thinking the same thing, or we all know, know why we're here, right? Because this the basil, and basil like, exposition, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it it definitely, I mean, it it cuts away from that, so it, it adds yeah. a few minutes to your story, and it just gets right into the action yeah. without needing to explain and, exactly what the hell's going on. And the thing too is, like, the movie doesn't tell you how long it's been. Mm-hmm. I, like, I asked it, that that was a question I did want to ask like how long do we think this has been has so, it been a month six months five years so again like it feels like this could be like two days after mm-hmm. Battle of Yavin according to you know all of the the canon around it it's this is three years this is three years oh my after goodness. the end of the first movie so but it's it it works so good because they're not like you said they're not just like having someone there like crossing off you know little check marks on the <laughs> right, ice ball or something right. like like happy third year anniversary everybody right. like look at the camera wink it's been three <laughs> exactly <laughs> and exactly it's just like that like this is the kind of stuff that makes Star Wars so good is it it just bucks so many trends of other movies and. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't talk down to your audience. Right. It just says the <laughs> audience is smart enough to follow the story and enjoy the ride and keep up with everything going on. Let's get to the fun stuff. So, that that's that's what I love most about this. Um, let's talk about. Let's start off at the beginning with mm-hmm. the Battle of Hoth. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly. Okay, let me let me ask you this question because mm-hmm. it's because Hoth is maybe one of my favorite locations, and mm-hmm. you're only we're only there for like twenty minutes, and half that mm-hmm. time it's Luke in a tauntaun or or whatever. But let me ask you to rank the three planets that we spend most of the mm-hmm. time in the first three movies. So there's Tatooine, obviously at the beginning, mm-hmm. the sand planet. Mm-hmm. There's Hoth, the snow ice planet, and then in our next one we get to go to Endor, which is the you know forest Ewok. Endor, it's the Ewoks that's, for me. Is that's number, number one. one? Yeah. Then um, probably Hoth. Um, I don't like sand, but like I, I could have made everywhere. a joke there. I could, that <laughs> was unintentional. Gets, it's, it's of course. <laughs> That was an accidental <laughs> reference to that horrible fucking dialogue. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. I, can, I cannot wait. I cannot I wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so this. fun. The prequels are going to be fun. Can <laughs> I just going to roast just, them for an hour. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this on a quick tangent with the prequels. The, the prequels are going to feel like watching the Packers through this last five-game <laughs> losing streak because it's like, I love you guys. I love everything about this, but it's garbage. And it's really fun to roast something that I love because it's hot garbage right now. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I definitely would probably say Hoff and then Tatooine. Yeah, um, Tatooine is definitely definitely last. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's nothing to it. The thing I didn't realize until I was until I was reading this. This is the is it this one or the next one? Oh, now I can't remember. I was reading this last night. It was like one of, I think it was this movie is the only Star Wars movie that does not reference or go to Tatooine at all. Really? All of the other ones, the characters, I think either go there or discuss it. It was, now I can't, it was an IMDb fact that I was reading last night. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, like, I, I, shit, yeah. like, I think you might be right. That's crazy. It's because yeah. Luke gets slowly less whiny and self-absorbed in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the Battle of Hoth, let's talk about some of the stuff we have in there. The first one that I think we have to address, because it came up from both of us and from the Twitter conversation. Yes. Han, you can't go out there. You Tauntaun will freeze. They'll see you in hell. <laughs> right. What? it's such an insignificant line when you think about it, but so many implications behind it. it the first being, go ahead, go ahead. Like, why is it like, it's like what short fuse, like what the hell? Like, right. It's, is this like, dude like bipolar? My God, he just snapped. Like he's going to save Luke. <laughs> like, that's, what do you And then do they believe in heaven and hell? That's, um, I understand that it's like it's a dialogue thing, and you right, right, you can only it's not like you can say, like, I'll see you in Sorbath or whatever, right, and that's right. like their version of hell. I understand you can only go so far with it, and it, it just is like a right. you know, keep up with you know, audience, like you, we all understand, but it does beg the question, yeah, it pulls he you out of it a little bit if you start hell. thinking about it, like. Um, is there there's clearly some sort of afterlife because you get force ghosts all over the place right and like and and then in the in the last uh um sequel trilogy there's sith ghosts everywhere right like yeah so there's clearly like like is the force just you know an energy like afterlife and so like if you're not good enough to be a force ghost do you just become like energy like pure energy right yeah i mean because i mean i don't know if this is listed in any of the fandoms maybe we should google it i'm also starting to feel like uh i'm starting to get a very like simpsons you know in episode fo2 itchy place scratches (laughs) (laughs) skeleton with a xylophone and he hits the same same rib twice but with two Different sounds. <laughs> Are we to believe that everyone just becomes part of the force? <laughs> and I, I just see George Lucas sitting there, like, let me ask you a question. Right. <laughs> Why is a grown man with a child and a full time job care so much about? <laughs> um. um. Okay. Are you? Did you find it? Yeah. So it's okay. I'm on Wikipedia. 
Um, chaos referred to as hell in Corellian mythology and also, and also known as the void was a reputedly dark region of the netherworld of the force. So it is called hell. Okay. Okay. Um, inhabited by the spirits of deceased dark lords of the Sith, dark Jedi, and the spirits of an evil sentient beings who had died. Oh. So it's called chaos. Okay. Referred to as hell in Corellian mythology and also known as the void. There's a whole article on it. Answers my full question. And they specifically say chaos in language. And then it says the, the quotes, then I'll see I'll you see in hell. You. Of course it does. Yeah. Every, I don't know why. I don't know why I ask any question like this because everything has been retconned or figured out in some way by the yeah. community. In Greek mythology, chaos refers to Tartarus. The Greek version of hell. So it is quite literally pulled from Greek mythology. Tartarus. Yeah, Tartarus. There, that's the one. Yeah, so there we go. We have okay. our answer. There is a hell. They yeah. did get us on that one. They, they do believe in hell. Okay, yeah. and, and Han will see you there. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Random rebel person. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay, so, this, so the Imperial fleet shows up, and it's like the Battle of, the battle of Hoth itself it takes like almost Sorry, no question, time. The, that question was from Andrew, Mur Andrew Murtag. I feel like we should shout out the people. We should are, shout out Andrew, yeah, especially. Andrew, yeah. Oh, um, Andrew. <laughs> the battle itself is like so quick. And it's really the only like giant battle of the movie. Right. It, it really is. Because there's all of it's just kind of more running from each other in a couple of shootouts. But the, the one question I had was, okay, so they're in space and these, what are they called? At-ats or ATs? ATs? What are they called? AT-ATs? You can call whatever. them, okay. I think they call them AT-ATs, ATs. They look like camels. So the weird question that I have, like, is that the most efficient ship they could build i just feel like they move at a snail's pace number one right. number two they have ships that can like levitate and float i just feel like something with legs is at a disadvantage i i just i i don't understand why they they went with that design yeah it, i think it, <laughs> they look cool but <laughs> they look badass i yeah. think that's half of the reason i think you like any of the style choices in Star Wars, you're like, why is this? Why is this? I think half of the answers are just like, it looks fucking cool. <laughs> it does. The stormtroopers, the stormtrooper armor does nothing. Right. It, it offers zero protection, but it looks cool as shit. It like does. they look imposing. Yeah. So I think that's half of the reason is yeah, they look like giant space camels. And <laughs> yes. I mean, they're clearly like. They had like the only way they could essentially beat them, destroy them, True. was by harpooning. Which, by the way, like, why do these snow speeders have harpoons <laughs> with these gigantic cables on them? I, I still, that, that's another one. It's just like, because why not? Thank, thankfully, I have this bat shark repellent on me <laughs> moment. Um, but yeah, like the only way you could take them down was with a harpoon and you circle around them like a few times mm -hmm. or you have a lightsaber. So like, in the <laughs> That's scheme of things, they're moving a lot of transport and they don't get destroyed very easily and they look pretty cool. That's true. Fair enough. Fair I enough. thought you were going to bring up 
the which the scene we are in exactly right now in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I pulled the clip from the Family Guy episode because nothing mm-hmm. out of all of the meta references and everything that the Family Guy, like the three episodes reference, this one might be like the most just spot on on the nose. May I have everyone's attention, please? We're evacuating into outer space with literally infinite directions in which to flee. However, we have decided that our transports will travel directly toward the fleet of Star Destroyers. Any questions? Yeah, um, is there someone from the military we can talk to? A man, perhaps? (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's something I never thought about until, like, until it gets mentioned. Right. Because it's like, it's just it's just assumed. It's like you know they they're blocking the escape. You have to get past them. You know we have to shoot the the big boob nipple gun as yeah. they say, <laughs> like at, at them to get away. Right. But yeah, it's like there's a whole other side of the planet. Right. Like just like you can go on that and side. And we of the have planet. like and they have that like barrier, the shield around the planet, so it's not even like they can get in there easily. Like they needed to do the ground support. Right. That's why they well, like, did the they, ground support. But it's just like they they have time once they take down these things to like go to was, the other side. So the shield was strong enough, they said, to cover like a sixth of the planet or something. Right. Which like that's that's like basically the size of the United States. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like I could take off, I could literally take off from Mexico or Alaska. Right. And and be okay to get out of out of harm's right. way and yeah it's just one of those things again where you can't think too much about it <laughs> right the lot the logistics which yeah. is fine you know we we're like as we said kind of last week like or two weeks ago we we get really you get really nitpicky because it's just funny to point out some like it things that you, yeah. you're like start to think about you're like oh that doesn't really add up <laughs> yeah yeah it is fun just to it is fun to do yeah um Anything else with the Battle of Hoth? I, 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 is this a good time to bring up the special effects? I, I think so, especially um, at Sad Area Man. That's his also his display name. Brought up um, matte paintings and M A T T E paintings, um, and we didn't understand what that understood what that meant. And we googled it, and it turns out like the the background for all of this because they're obviously little models that are done with stop motion are pan painted um which i guess makes I, sense because yeah. how else would they would have done that i mean right but it, they look incredible i didn't need, i it just doesn't even cross your mind that those are paintings yeah and it's not just hoth like it it's all mm-hmm. over like the most of the dagobah swamp mm-hmm. the when they were flying into cloud city all of that like it's matte painting and it I, it was one of the first things i noticed when i was re-watching this was you know you see the Tauntauns out like walking around and it's clearly like the stop motion stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love that. I want more of that with, with all of this, you know, because you can see, you can see some shots in, in this movie that we're watching right now, like in the battle, it's clear that like, it's been CGI, like the plane, right. like the, the speeders are CGI around mm-hmm. and the backgrounds are, are different. And it just takes you out of it. Takes you out mm-hmm. of takes you out of all of it. And to the, and the fact that they just commit so much to the realism of the scenery, 
the realism of the creatures and just everything around it to the realism of the world is what makes the all of these like right there that clip right there terrible um (laughs) it, it makes it makes all of it work yep it's and it's really the only it's really the glue that holds it all together it, it is it looks so and like you said it, it pulls you out of it completely because you're you're aware that you're watching it at a time but you get absorbed into it and it right. immediately just kind of you know like you're in a trance and then it's like oh that's right like this is a movie that it, it just it it's just unnecessary doing too much yeah doing way too much um i will bring up this point in my battle of hoth note because it's where it starts and it's where it's fairly heaviest it feels like all of the sexual banter in this movie it feels like i am watching a porno (laughs) do you know what i'm talking about it does especially like it's very like there's a lot of there's a little bit more misogyny I think watching this the second time that I feel Me a little bit like that he with between Han and Leia like yeah it, it's very like he's he's a dick to her but you like it, it's you know he I don't know it's weird but he's he's a dick in the way of like you pick on your somebody your that childhood crush yes doesn't understand how to express like their feeling of mm-hmm. of intimacy or love for somebody and it just it, it feels like those like, like the cringy moment at the beginning of like why would you say that step bro i can't believe you do that round <laughs> right. bar because you think i'm hot oh, no way. i'm gonna go kiss this guy uh-huh. <laughs> it's written you can tell it's written by a man <laughs> <laughs> like her dialogue is written by a man um like very much which is good in some ways because they automatically make her more empowered probably in a somewhat accidental way but somewhat intentional yeah. but they immediately just make her more dominant than you would expect probably because they don't know how to write for a woman <laughs> and yeah. and then they turn it into this like ridiculous dialogue it's it's a little cringy to watch. It just <laughs> makes funny because like, they, you know, they really took that the the whole uncomfortableness of that relationship and said we're gonna put this on onto, you know, multiply it by a thousand and to Padme and Anakin. It's great. They really <laughs> pulled that in. <laughs> of how can we make this more uncomfortable? <laughs> Every sexual relationship in all of Star Wars <laughs> just feels like a. A play written for and by high schoolers. One hundred percent. Which I, I want. I do want to address also, though, because we talked a lot about it in the in the first one, and everything that I set aside about the the, the sexual banter and the 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 chemistry between the relationship side of things, the acting and the dialogue overall feels like a real step up from the first. Yes. I totally agree. Movie. Like it feels it feels like everybody in the first one was so uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, and didn't know how to, and didn't know how to interact with each other or do anything. But like when they're not, you know, doing any of that, any of that weird, you know, tit for tat thing back and forth, the 
the conversations all feel much more natural. The interactions mm-hmm. feel much, you know, there's, it just feels like everyone got their, got their feet under them for the second one and, and ran with it here. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they were just like throwing shit at the walls and seeing what would yeah. stick. Like it really, yeah. it really feels like well thought out. Um, but back on to the, the relationship thing. Why sure. does Leia kiss everybody? Like all the fucking time. <laughs> Like, like at the end, it was, at the end, because like, it was written by a man, and <laughs> Luke is laying in like this quote unquote hospital bed as and like with his hand cut off, and he looks like yeah. he's like clinging to life, and like someone yells something, and she goes to the front of the ship. I think it's when they're trying to get the hyperdrive working again, uh-huh. and um, she like pecks him real like he, he's not even expecting it, like his mouth is halfway wide open, and she goes over <laughs> and kisses. It's like there's like bigger shit going on. Like what? Like the whole, the most awkward time for a kiss. I was like, what are you doing? Like what is yeah. going on here? Yeah, it's um it, again like it just feels it feels like somebody wrote it. That it's it, I would imagine that there's like a a line in the script where they're describing Princess Leia and whoever wrote it is like. Princess Leia, hot, but doesn't know it. Like, you know, all of these, like, all of these things of, like, um, like you said, like, somebody who's not, doesn't have a female perspective trying to write an empowering female character mm-hmm. kind of falls flat on its face a lot of the times. But like you said, they also do stumble into some mm-hmm. good things at times as well she's very strong very yeah she's a especially in the 70s even like because it's still a struggle to to really lift up strong powerful women and make them a strong powerful lead and they do a really good job it's just like the for me it's obviously the the relationship between her and han is very awkward i like it but it's awkward it's not executed well and um and then yeah she's just kissing people at just random ass times like is there a quota that they had to hit like she needs to kiss (laughs) have five kisses in this movie does the han leia relationship feel a little unearned yeah like and this is a big thing that i've talked about in the marvel movies it feels i mean i guess if it's three years if if we are talking it's been three years since the first movie that that does make a big difference but we have not seen it develop like because i always make fun of captain america the first avenger that they are never on a date and suddenly he's like has a picture of her in a fucking locket like a fucking weirdo (laughs) like it's so (laughs) creepy and they've never they have one kiss and they haven't even gotten to that point like there's just sexual tension like yeah. I cannot imagine in this day and age if I flirted with a guy at a bar and then I found out like weeks later that he ha- carries around a picture of me absolutely unhinged behavior. So mm-hmm. that, but unfortunately with Marvel, there's just it's like movies you only have so much time to put in any sort right. of relationships or dialogue that we're not seeing. Right. But I agree, it developed very quickly to "I love you." Like okay, yeah, <laughs> settle down. Well, and like if it's really three years after the mm-hmm. the first movie mm-hmm. and han and leia are still treating oh each other and talking to each other like that like it, well, if i was chewy highness, i would have jumped you... out of that ship <laughs> i would have just been like shut the <laughs> fuck and get it over with yes for the love of god <laughs> <laughs> three years of that shit absolutely yeah. not <laughs> 
Um, okay, so we're moving off of Hoth now in the movie here, and we're headed to Dagobah for the first time. So let's talk about Yoda. Yes! This guy, this is Steph Curry final, like NBA finals, mm-hmm. is, is Empire right. Yoda. Yeah. It, it's peak what you want yes. out of a character. He comes mm-hmm. off the bench. You don't know who the fuck he is. <laughs> and in like the span of the span of maybe like 25 actual on-screen minutes, if that he steals the whole goddamn thing. Right. Yeah. He is the MVP of this. Um love also that he's played by Frank Oz, who yes. um is a, a play a big part of Jim Henson stuff. He's like Gonzo, mm-hmm. um Miss Piggy, does, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so he's, they got a huge name. Like a huge, well, I don't know. I guess I don't know if he was part of the Muppet show. I guess he would be. But he yeah, was. Like a dude, yeah. and, and a dude that would go on to be just an absolute iconic puppeteer. So mm-hmm. love that. Like that is automatically awesome. Because I immediately recognized his voice. Because I hadn't, I hadn't heard Empire Yoda. Or I hadn't heard Yoda's voice in a long time. And so I was like, oh my God. Immediately, I knew that was Frank Oz. Love that. Yeah, and actually, I mean, that was Jim Henson was the first pick. Like George mm-hmm. Lucas wanted Jim Henson to oh, come and be the puppeteer because of like, I mean, everyone knows the Muppets. Like that's that is right. the 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 top echelon puppeteering right you could, you could ask for right. And yeah, when getting Frank asked for it, I I didn't know this fact. I found this like as I was researching. George Lucas actually like spent a lot of money campaigning. To have Frank Oz nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars <laughs> because he thought because he thought that Yoda was was so well done like he's a, yeah. he's a character right and and you know obviously like they they, they didn't do it because you know he, he's, it's a fucking puppet yeah uh, so it's not respected <laughs> right properly but he is he's he's a he's a living character. In this world, because of the job Frank Oz did with puppeteering and voice and and everything, he's the most he's one of the most real things in all of Star Wars. You know, he looks right. he like almost looks even realer than like C three PO, right, or stuff like that. It, it, it's amazing to see. Like I, I I haven't seen this movie in so long, and to go and revisit it and see like how how just deliberate his facial expressions were. And his body motions were like, it, it was a step up from even when, what you see in like the Muppets. Right. It know? was. And yeah. And there's, and he's not just playing like one note because he goes from this like quirky old guy because right. you quote unquote don't really know that it's Yoda when you first see him because he he acts like he's not him. But I, I think right. the audience pretty much knew immediately. Um, especially if you're like, oh, I recognize that voice. Like it's obviously right. a big actor. That's got to be Yoda. <laughs> um, and I think um, he goes from like this kind of quirky old crazy man and then to, or being, I don't know what, what he's really called. Um, but then he goes from like to, from that to being very deep and emotional and it, it almost uh, like a, an uncle to, to Luke at a, at a point, like it, he's got range in, in this, yeah. which most characters and even just most Muppets have just like kind of their one personality, but a limited, gotta, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of this this quote that it lives rent like this quote lives rent free in my head, like almost every single day. Um, it, it's from it's from the Mandalorian, 
uh, which I, have you watched any of the, the TV show like Mandalorian or any of those? No, no, we're going to no? start that after the holidays. Okay. But you, but you are aware of baby Yoda. Yes, Everyone knows correct. baby Yoda. Grogu. Yes. Yeah. So Warner Herzog, famous, uh, director you know mostly famous for documentaries and stuff and his voice is like iconic and he is like one of the main bad guys in the first season of the mandalorian and there's a there's a famous like thing in there about how they were using the puppet like they had a puppet of baby yoda and they shot like their scenes with the with the puppet and then they were like the cast was like setting up the crew was like setting up to do the shot again without the puppet because they wanted to have both clips in case they wanted to CGI the little baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And Warner Herzog literally called them all cowards and said, use the puppet. And so I just, I imagine Warner Herzog who, Warner Herzog, he always <laughs> talks like this. It's like, use the puppet, you cowards. <laughs> And I always like that just sits rent free in my head because that's one of the reasons again why the Mandalorian works so well is because it's not a little CGI Yoda in there. It's right. he's holding a he's holding a doll. Right. Luke is and looking at yes. into Yoda's eyes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And something I do want to bring up as we get to Dagobah that I don't want to forget sure. about, so I'm just going to interject it right here is. Why the fuck is Luke still calling Obi-Wan Ben? He's the only one on Earth (laughs) that calls him Ben. And everybody refers to him as Obi-Wan. Every single human being. Yoda does. (laughs) Vader does. um, Everybody refers to him as Obi-Wan. Like, that's not his name, Luke. His (laughs) name is not Ben. If you were so close to this dude, it's just... It, it's just like one of these nitpicky things. It's like, it's not a nickname that you have for him. It was a fake name. <laughs> right. Stop. <laughs> and like you said, like, it's not like he interacted with him every single day and always <laughs> called him Ben. And so it makes sense. Like, yeah, he, he, again, like had maybe 24 to 48 hours <laughs> right. of time with him and, and realized that his name is Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes refers to him as obi-wan to other people (laughs) luke would not respect people's pronouns apparently (laughs) 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 like that's that's the vibe i'm getting like okay (laughs) don't give a shit i'm still gonna call you this (laughs) luke skywalker incel (laughs) (laughs) um let's talk about uh let's talk about vader a little bit mm-hmm. in sure. Empire. Um, homie is just choking everybody out. Right. That was, I don't know if that I was... I found it I a little comedic was... and every commander or admirable... Admirable. Admiral that got assigned. <laughs> the look in their face, they're like, fuck. fuck. Like, I didn't ask I for this. I just want to be... I don't want to be a manager. I just want to be a worker. Let me be a worker. <laughs> <laughs> for the love of God. Uh, yeah, like, it's... It feels like it's a thing that they realized was really cool in the first one because, like, <laughs> in the first one, Luke doesn't, or uh, I'm sorry, Vader doesn't really do or interact with a whole lot, mm-hmm. like physically. 
-hmm. He does a lot of standing, a lot of walking around, a lot of pointing. But outside of the lightsaber battle with Ben, Obi-Wan... <laughs> He, like what else does he like what what's what else does he physically do you drives know? a ship drives like one? drives yeah drives yeah. his drives his ship the only other thing he does is choke that guy out with space mm -hmm. magic right and and it's it's cool it's a badass it's a badass thing to do and i feel like they just took that and they're like yeah he's just gonna be choking this is his, out. This oh he is can do it over tv now. too yeah <laughs> this is his entire personality now it's choking dudes is choking people out yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and it just feels like i don't know if they were able to do like they figured out a way to make the suit work better or move easier or whatever but his physical movements and everything in this once you get past like where we are now essentially which is uh you know they're still looking egg. for like the falcon right he's in his little uh yeah hibernation egg yeah um he moves around so much more when they get to Cloud City and they're doing like the lightsaber battle and all of that. Like it just feels like they figured something out with the costume or whatever to make it work better. And so they were like, let's start getting Vader out here. Let's let's get him going. Yeah. Um although I didn't really because it's it's something that I didn't pick up on when I was watching it and I it was pointed out to me when 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 my boyfriend pointed it out when we were watching the um I think it was May like it had to have been Rogue One because that's really the only time we see him fight um mm -hmm. like in a really like you really feel him fighting because we we were talking about last night we were like oh man the the star the the lightsaber battles are not that great in these movies um because they just didn't have the choreography that they do now the impressive you know physical acumen i yeah. guess that that stunt people have nowadays C comparing to i mean the the final scene in rogue one was like jaw dropping like like terrifying i i don't feel completely terrified of him in these movies but the 30 seconds that we see of him um, at the end, like that leads right up into New Hope, it was like in insanely like satisfying and terrifying because yeah. I, I don't get the terror from him. So they're like, yeah, we're just going to have him choke people to like up his menace value, I think. Yeah. Actually, one thing to point out with the lightsaber battles, the lightsaber in the, in the original sequel, the original trilogy, Mm -hmm. and the sequel trilogy actually got back to it the lightsaber battles are um mimicked after a style of japanese sword fighting oh so there was there was there's a whole espn like uh like little five minute clip because they looked into it more as the the um uh the force awakens was coming out it's you know, it's a style of sword fighting basically where like you hold your sword like out in front of you like that and you do a lot of like this mm -hmm. you know the the classic like bang 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 mm -hmm. and it's still like a, it's a it's a sport now um you know where you use like the wooden samurai swords and you kind of like do it like that and that was something that was noted in the prequel trilogies because that's when you get all of the you know double-edged lightsaber and right, you know, flipping right. around and and doing all that stuff where they sort of went away from that style of like lightsaber battle in the sequel in the prequels because george lucas was you know 
rolling pretty heavy and <laughs> just want to do everything. And not that those aren't cool because they, they right. are, but like it is something to kind of like to see is when you know that kind of history behind it, you're like, why does it look so just it's very simple. It feels very, it's very simple. Yeah. It's very simple. And I'm sure that like part of it was because like you said, you can't do a lot of crazy special effects with those mm-hmm. things back then, but that is sort of, that is what it's sort of mimicked after. And if you watch the the sequel trilogy, you'll notice like anytime there's lightsaber battle stuff like that, it does sort of go back to a little bit more of that kind of, Simplistic style because that's sort of where it came from at the beginning. So yeah, and another fun fact: the guy that that is in Vader's suit, um, during the lightsaber battles is Bob Um, Anderson, very famous. He choreographed Princess, all the Princess Bride sword fighting, the Lord of the Rings sword fighting, and Pirates of the Caribbean sword fighting. Yeah. So fun little fact. Wow. Here. Yeah. I know that because I, well, I love Lord of the Rings. So I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with the, speaking of the Vader stuff again, we mm-hmm. should talk about the, the, obviously the, the biggest st- plot twist in all of cinema, yep. maybe. Yep. Like, I think this, if you're talking about like, plot twists in in movies it's this there's psycho you know with six sense (laughs) six sense oh yes of course um i would say uh infinity war Mm -hmm. like those those are like like this is kind of all in the in that top echelon of of plot twists now and i was reading the guy that was the guy that was acting in the suit didn't even say that line. He said something else. And when he saw it in theaters was like absolutely irate at George Lucas. Because <laughs> he's like, I would have acted differently if I had known what the line right. actually was. Right. Maybe a little because more he dramatic. Just kind of just understated he's a just little like, bit. Like, um, hey, I'm I'm your dad, bud. Yeah. <laughs> but without thinking about it in just terms of a three movie trilogy, right? It's hard to take out the prequels and everything else around it. What do you think of a of a plot device like that of Darth Vader being his father? Because it changed a lot in the script. So, right. if we're looking at it this way, what do you think of that kind of move? Um, I, I mean, I think it automatically makes you want to watch the next one. Like, I think from a business standpoint, perfect because you're like, <laughs> what? And then, right. you know, because there's no hints to it. There, Although, look, watching this movie after knowing the twist, like, or if you know the twist, there's tons of hints that they point out. Yeah. Um, but but it's funny when they're like, oh, he's the son of Anakin. And it's like, normally, like, a normal human being would be like, he's your son. Like, he, when um, the Emperor is talking to Vader, yeah. he's like, he's the son of Anakin. It's like, no, he's your, like, he would have said, like, it's your fucking son. Um and just other things, but it, what is funny is we we don't have any mention of his mom, but I, which is just kind of funny. <laughs> so they leave it like completely open ended. So I guess that worked for the the prequels, but I, I mean, it makes it's a good one. It it, it complicates a lot of different things. It, co- it it establishes empathy for each of them for each other, um, and then obviously we know what happens um, in the next one and. Um, 
where there's, you know, a moment of reconciliation kind of a thing. And um, it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's good. I think it's a pretty solid one. Sorry. I went yeah, on a little I, rant there. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I, I totally agree with you. Cause I think it's, uh, it's, it's a one shot deal. Mm-hmm. It's a plot device you can use one time. Right. Right. You know, like, cause, cause they tried to set up something like tease something sort of, similar in the sequel trilogy like Mm -hmm. who are ray's parents could it be palpatine Mm -hmm. like you know and and then of course they just they bailed on it i don't know if that was there because so much changed in the sequels yeah but like you you pull that rug out and you're like well this is disappointing but also i would have probably felt even more i would have felt angry if they just tried to redo the same thing of like good guy's dad is the bad guy (laughs) and nobody knew like yeah so it it works this one time they executed it flawlessly and Mm -hmm. i think too like it it does work that they you know they never they never they sort of allude to it in the first movie and explain it in a very easy way in the third movie of you know like well he killed like Anakin died when he became Lord Vader right right you know it's the whole from a certain point of view uh thing where like you know Luke that's why we were we call I call him and yeah right yeah right yeah and it's it I mean it like I said it drives the plot forward like it, yeah. it pushes it into it, there's more at stake now of this battle. Right. It makes it complicates it. It adds many more layers to the complication, I guess, because, you know, he not only wants to kill Vader, kind of the idea that these two are trying to kill each other, but there's now this weird family dynamic that they have to deal with, especially Luke, who's not had his father in his life. And it's always been a question of, I don't know who my father is, or I've only heard things about him. And now it's like, oh, you know, all these emotions, by the way, by the way, I just remember this. <laughs> so he learns about that, has his hand chopped off. He's back at the Millennium Falcon and yeah. Vader says Luke or whatever, like they're, they're, kind of communicating and he immediately oh. calls him father <laughs> and i'm like this kid has some abandonment issues if the his immediate instinct is to the first person that says i'm your father he's like calling him father like what? yeah <laughs> it's kind of i found that like very uncomfortable i'm like he's vader you know him as vader yeah. call him vader <laughs> right <laughs> i i do like what you mentioned with the the plot device because yeah now now you get and it's not just like the simple, uh, like it's not even just a simple thing from Vader, mm-hmm. of like, right. you're my son, come rule with me because you're powerful. It's the whole thing of, let's team up together and take out the Emperor, and mm-hmm. we'll be the two in right. charge. Like he very clearly, like there, it's not just a like. It's it's not just a MacGuffin that it's mm-hmm. he's the the dad to just move the plot along. Mm-hmm. It means something to Vader, right? Still, that this is his son, even if he won't like fully come out and admit it right away. Like it means something that Luke is his son and that he is this powerful. And it makes me wonder if, um, you know, like Vader could have killed him there, and he didn't. Like he intentionally just did the hand thing to just be like, right. I could kill you. <laughs> right. Like, 
because I, you would just think Luke, who's barely gotten a hold of control of his, of, of the force and doesn't really know what the hell he's doing, taking on like the most powerful, like Jedi ever, like kind of a thing. Like it just doesn't match. I, I would think that, I don't know. That's at least what I left with thinking yeah. that he could have killed him. He just didn't. Yeah. Um, before we get wrapped up, I want to make sure we address Lando. Yeah. The first thing I have on here under my under my paragraph of Lando, dick or no dick? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't care for him. Like I really yeah. do not. Um I, I I'm gonna have to watch the next movie again to to get a real good feel for it. Because like immediately the first reaction was he's a fucking creep because he was like talking, he was like hitting on Leia and that was immediately like, okay, um, gross. But I also was so confused at uh, the part where, (laughs) so Vader's like, oh, Leia and Chewie are going to stay here. And then Lando was like, what? How could you do that to me? Leave them in my <laughs> control. And then like five, minute late, five minutes later, Vader's like, oh, they're not actually going to stay here. And Lando's like, what? How could you do that to me? And it's like, what is going on? <laughs> like you just were mad that they had to stay there. Now that you're mad that they're leaving, I don't know what the hell is going on. But yeah. I, I don't know. I get creep vibes. Yeah. I, like Don- I, I honestly like Donald Glover better. Okay. Lando. That's an interesting. That's an I also just take. love Donald Glover, so that's probably why. Donald Glover is great. I love. Yeah. I do. I will say I love Billy D. Williams in this role because mm-hmm. I think I think Lando is supposed to be those things. Like he's mm-hmm. a bit of a creep. He's a bit of a right. self preservationist. So, so then maybe he of, is good <laughs> because of that. Right. Like, yeah. So okay, I don't. I asked you about the spoof stuff at the beginning. Have you seen the robot chicken Star Wars? I've seen clips, stuff? but not the whole thing. Okay. There's a clip about the land about this exactly that I think just illustrates the conversation of Lando perfectly. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure we, we play this. Alright. Hello, what have we here? Spearmint Tic Tacs, three for a dollar. Billy D, this is a red letter day. Oh wow, Billy D. Williams. Hey, I'm a huge fan. Why, thank you. Where have you seen my work? Lady Sings the Blues, Mahogany, my episode of the Jeffersons? Uh, no, no, no. Star Wars, I would guess. Oh, yes. That's where I played the hero, Lando Calrissian. Well, I wouldn't call him a hero, per se. I mean, he did betray all of his friends to the Empire. No, 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 no. The Tic Tacs need a coupon. The Empire got there first, and he had a whole city of people to protect. (laughs) Yeah, but it's working with the enemy, like France did after the Nazis. No coupon, they're 99 cents each. You are comparing Lando Calrissian to Marshal Philippe Patin? France's greatest traitor? I just think he could have practiced non-violent resistance or something. Even a wink to Han when they landed would have been nice. Like, look out, <laughs> Vader trap, <laughs> you know, something. He's more of a sellout than a hero. No coupon? Wait about the damn Tic Tacs. I'm Billy D. F- Williams, and I'm tired of people saying Lando was a f***ing traitor. F*** you, damn it! Uh, is there a problem here? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'll pay full price for the Tic Tacs. Good. Glad to see Lando showing some integrity for once. <laughs> That's great. Because, like, it's a joke, but it really illustrates, like, kind of both sides of the argument. Right. Because, yeah, like, Lando was in charge of this whole mining community and, and Cloud City and everything. And if he had not 
done what the Empire wanted, he probably would have ended up like Alderaan. Right, right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or, or, or worse, you know? But then also, yeah, like, you could have probably, like, you know, done the whole thing and, like, do, you know, like a blinking in SOS right. kind of thing of, like, hey. Slip him like, a note. <laughs> right. Like, you could have, you could have done maybe a little bit more. And it's also why it's weird that, like, they go through they go through this like the whole betrayal and they try to save han at the last minute and can't and so after that everyone seems to forgive lando pretty quickly <laughs> like he's just instantly taken into the fold of the resistance and the and the rebels and it's so much so that he just gets to take the falcon and chew right and yeah, and then they find out that his workers actually were trash. Although they they actually found out they weren't, because then we did find out that um, one of the admirals or somebody disconnected the right um, the hyperspeed or whatever. Um, yeah, I think it is complicated, which is good. Like it gets, it, I just it, to me, he gave me the ick with the the hitting on Leia was like. Uh-huh. That's an immediate dislike for me. That's partially why I think I like the Donald Glover one better. But I mean, it's, it has no disrespect to the um, the actor. It's just um, this, you know, the the one from Solo is like less of because they can't do that anymore. Like you can't have like a guy right. like you can't make a guy like somewhat likable and have him be a fucking creep anymore. Like that's just not that's not how we do things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of creep. It's something that again it, see where this it was going. another it was another thing I did not realize until I watched the Family Guy episode. Mm-hmm. Lando is wearing Han's clothes at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah that's right. When, he, when they're getting ready to leave in the Falcon, it's like he's cosplaying it's as so Han Solo. Creepy. It's so and, I mean, creepy. I, I get that it's probably like, you know, Lando needed a change of clothes and the only ones were hot or some of right. Han's like clothes in, in the Falcon or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But like, it is it's, just really jarring. It's also just like, like, he's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm Han now. Like, it's really creepy, like <laughs> wearing his skin in a way. <laughs> like, but it, <laughs> I, I mean, I think the issue is that no one explains exactly why that's happened. Like, he could have just taken the cape off and been fine. It's just a not necessary thing to do because nobody explains it. He doesn't get on the ship and he doesn't say, like, I need to change the clothes. He just does it. It's right. very, it, unless they cut something out, there's something that they left on the cutting room floor that he says, like, I need yeah. to change the clothes. Like, even just saying that, like, would have at least explained it. It's just, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, it's he's like, in his clothes. You know, I understand we're trying to kind of have it both ways because it's like we don't want the movie to talk down to us and explain every little right. thing that's going on and all of that. But, like, why did it have to be his exact outfit? Like, he didn't need to wear the shirt and the vest. Right. It, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a combo. Pack. You could just wear the shirt. Or I'm sure there's tons of other shirts on this big-ass ship that they are right. piloting around the universe. There's more than one shirt combo in, in that fits Lando's size. Right, right. Um, so something before I, we do talk about it, because speaking sure. about, you know, the Lando scene is someone also in that scene is Boba Fett. 
Um, yes. My my buddy Doug asked the question of why is Boba Fett the best or something like what? Who's your favorite character in the Empire and why is it Boba Fett? Um, and I said we'll talk about this. Why is everyone so obsessed with Boba Fett? Um, and and we're talking before the the show came out because as we talked pre-show, the reason they bought they made that show was because of the obsession with Boba Fett. He has like right. five lines, if that. He probably has like two. And yeah. then he dies and it's just like, oh, okay, that's that's the end of Boba Fett. I do not get it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, and I think they sort of made that call. I don't know if they made this call here or in the prequels. Because the Fett family, the Fett family line, mm-hmm. uh, is fairly important. It's integrated. Right. All yeah. the way through Star Wars, right. because uh, Jango Fett is the original stormtrooper. Right. That's where they get all of the clone army from. Is him, and mm-hmm. so and Boba Fett is his son who takes over, you know, for his dad after he gets killed. Mm-hmm. And so you know, when you look at all the movies together, yeah, like the Fett family is pretty huge. But like you said, he has almost no speaking lines here. I think he. I think he has five lines, is what I saw. Yeah, I think he has three words in this movie. Yeah, and I think a lot of it had to do with the toy side of things. Yeah, because he looks cool. Yeah, and there was a whole thing about how there's like a there's like a whole thing about his toy where there was a a, a little missile that popped off the back. And like it made like a kid choke on it or something. <laughs> Can you do we it? Like, never for that. actually came out. <laughs> and so like there's like this like this mystery around. Speaking of uh, of Boba Fett, here's okay. Really quick with this bounty hunter line where he says, the, "There's three gentle. There's three gentlemen from the Empire huddled around a thing. Two of them are like leaning over a, a, a leaning over a computer, and the third one comes in and you know says the, you know, we don't need their scum." And the one just goes, yes, sir. Like, <laughs> like, we know it, it's like, like it's I'm like just talking, here to get a paycheck. <laughs> it's like acknowledging, you know, your racist uncle, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, okay. Biden's laptop, yes, yeah. we get it, yes, yes, sir. Hey, okay, grandma, go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the I think it was just like it's an example of things going viral before social media and mm-hmm. before they could go viral like we know them now yeah you know like it, it spread much more naturally and so it feels like it kind of sticks a little bit deeper it runs a little bit deeper yeah because even oh sorry go ahead sorry like it just it like it just kind of like spread amongst the community of people that watch star wars a bit more slowly and naturally than it would like if you know oh, look who the bad guy is, one of the bad guys in Star Wars, and it pops up on Twitter and everyone sees it for a while and everyone's obsessed mm-hmm. with it for a week, and then no one cares. They move on to, you know, a cat with bread over its face or whatever <laughs> it is. So, yeah, I think I think it's just, a, it's an example of like a viral thing in this big fandom before things really went viral. Yeah. And that, and that makes, I mean... I guess that makes sense. It still doesn't fully make sense to me, but yeah. I mean, cause I, I asked my boyfriend who's a big star Wars guy and he had a similar answer, the toy that a lot of people were obsessed with the toy as kids. And it just carried over that fandom. 
that's not a satisfying answer, but no one else can seem to go up with the answer. If you have an answer for me on why Boba Fett is so like why people are obsessed with him. Cause like even in family guy, I, I can't remember what episode it is, but there's one where Peter says, I will bet you all oh. of my star Wars cards, but not Boba Fett or not figurines or whatever it is, but not Boba yeah. Fett. And I'm like, why never not Boba Fett? Fett? Yeah, right. <laughs> why the hell not Boba Fett? Like, I don't get yeah. it. So someone, you know, please explain to me like I'm five, why people are obsessed with Boba Fett because the, the toy is not a sad, like, like it's not a satisfying answer. I just want like I because I don't get it, and that's fine. I, I don't have to yeah. get it. I'm just very curious because I feel left out because <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and we'll talk more about it next time. But yeah, there's there's no payoff mm-hmm. for Boba Fett. Yeah, he dies like a bitch. <laughs> right, right, whatever. In a very unsatisfying, like it's nothing crazy. He just dies. Yeah, that and that happened. And I even turned to my boyfriend. I was like, he just that's it. Like, 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 because I just know how obsessed he is, like, to the point that he got a whole show. Like, I, I'm, I don't, I don't get it, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Is there anything else that we wanted to, that you want to touch on before we, um, I, I don't think so. Nothing that, um, that kind of is, uh, warrants a whole conversation. Um, I did have in my notes that I would love a Yoda and R2, um sitcom between the two of them as roommates but <laughs> um that that that's about it um and we did have somebody i'm trying to find the the tweet um mentioned john williams score and we're actually at the oh, part that he specifically mentioned yeah, where he lifts yeah. up the x-wing um out of the water and uh and that i mean is i mean john williams is just incredible he's the goat right he's the goat nobody touches him right he's yeah amazing let me let me find this person's at because i feel bad i want to shout them out john weggy weg weg w-e-g-g-e at fallon's pal gary whatever that means <laughs> i'm sure there's an inside joke there but yeah yeah, yeah it, it's wonderful yeah the score the score is perfect john williams you know they they did it on purpose. They didn't want to use uh, music that was already created. And it, 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 again, it just, it's helps you bring you into the, the movie more and more. And there's scenes like this, there's, it seems like this where like, you know, the music is very powerful and highlights a huge scene, but then there's also just the, you know, different music where they're trying to escape the empire and they're, you know, or they're, it's the battle of Hoth mm-hmm. or it's, or he's in the ice cave. Like the music is just there as part of the environment mm-hmm. and it can either take a, it can take the lead or it can, you know, follow. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just highlights again, like the expert job John Williams did with this. Yeah. It completely pulls you in even when you don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess the only other thing that we could talk about, we wa- we saw it come up here that kind of is a huge thing is the, uh, the fake image of Darth Vader that Luke fights. Um, I never, I never thought that was anything special. I don't know. What, what did, what did you make of that the first time you saw it? Say that part again. I'm you. The, the part where he goes Gross. into the, the, the cave and faces off with the uh 
the imaginary Darth Vader and he cuts oh. off his head and it, it turns out to be his face. So I, I found my, my boy, because I didn't understand why that was happening. I thought, I really thought it was foreshadowing into the fact that he was Luke's or he was Vader's son. That's what I thought it was. But apparently there's more to it. Apparently yeah. it's be, it happened because he attacked instead of like, because you're, as a Jedi, you're not supposed to be aggressive kind of a thing. Right. Um, right. And I don't, I, and my boyfriend tried to explain it to me and I was like, I don't fully understand this. Like, like, I don't fully understand what that means because I feel like I've seen them attack being on the attack. Um, I think it's, I think it just kind of goes back to like what um, Yoda and I'm just going to keep calling him Ben. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what Yoda and Ben like kind of try to tell Luke when he's uh, trying to go to save, you know, Leia and mm -hmm. Han and everybody where they're saying like, you know, you're letting your emotions control your actions. You're letting your fear of your right. friends and your anger towards Vader control you. And that's not what a Jedi does. A Jedi, you know, sits calmly and waits for the right time to act. Okay, that explains it a little bit better. Yeah, is, you know, he attacks that thing and he, he cuts off, you know, a part of Vader and shows his face where it's like, you know, you attacking hurt yourself. You hurt yourself okay. by following your anger and your fear and Got everything it. else. Because obviously those negative emotions are what turns you to the dark side because it consumes right. you and overcomes you. So they're trying mm -hmm. to say you can't do that. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense because I, I, I do understand it, but it, I mean, it doesn't really move the needle for me. I didn't feel like. I think, I think it that. works. I think it works on like two levels though, because I think you can interpret it as, you know, that's a hundred percent what I thought it was. <laughs> You are like you're attacking yourself by attacking Vader, right? Because he is you, you are him, kind of thing, right? And it also works on a deeper level of like as a metaphor for the force, right? And following the light side versus the dark side, mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I think it gets to work on both levels, for yeah. Because obviously, they said, you know, like Yoda even pointed out that he's got like some darkness in him, like. Right. As they reference like Anakin did, and where so that of course they're all uh, like understandably a little panicked about that because look what the fuck happened right. <laughs> like, in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> like I understand them being a little. Everybody's got PTSD. <laughs> right, yeah. right. They're like, oh god. Um. So yeah, I fully understand that. But yeah, they they do obviously mention that they get nervous about how impatient and pretty much how whiny he is. Um, which we pointed out last movie, um, which goes yeah. along with which goes along with father and son, right. Anakin, Anakin in the prequels, the same the same exact way, oh you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we don't have to actually watch um, Luke fall in love with anybody though. For for God's sakes, oh, <laughs> I can't God. take any more of that crap. You know what? That is a good point. I am very <laughs> glad that, especially because they could have oh, they could have easily easily done it um wait hold on a second no i think if i'm thinking back on it now this is some real deep stuff some really deep stuff but i do think that i do think that luke has a wife at a certain point this is some like real deep like the book 
mm-hmm. stuff. And I don't know if it's actually canon because there's so much of like the stuff that got written is part of what they call the legends, which isn't the canon of Star Wars. And right. I, but I do think that there is sort of a a moment in the background behind the scenes of the movies between uh between oh why can't i remember the name of our next one what it's empire strikes back and return of the jedi return of the jedi after return of the jedi i told i'm telling you they're all the names are so similar that you've got revenge return (laughs) the rise strike back jedi yeah yeah it's it's confusing as hell so like the time between like return of the jedi and when we see luke again in yeah uh the end of the first sequel or whatever yeah there there there's obviously a lot going on and they kind of touch on a little bit of it you know in the second sequel movie but yeah like i do think that there is a point where like luke does have a relationship with somebody however i'm very glad that they didn't do it in the movie thank god we don't have to watch him try to court somebody (laughs) based on what we've seen with han and with anakin (laughs) absolutely like thank fuck (laughs) we didn't have to watch that but Jessica, I want to go in the Tashi station and get back. I can't wait to get to the to the prequels. It's going to be the prequels are going to be a blast. It's gonna be so much fun. Phantom Menace episode might be two hours long. <laughs> Don't care. We're gladly. I, I have so yes. much to talk about. Oh my gosh. Can't wait. All right. Well, I think we got everything out of out of uh Empire here. Anything else that you want to kind of uh, touch on? Oh, we need to do our 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 star rating. Our mm-hmm. out of one out of five Death Stars, where would you rate Empire Strikes Back? Five. Yeah, um, it's it's the quintessential Star Wars movie. If you were going to only have people, um, anybody watch one Star Wars movie, this is the one. I mean, it can't yeah. be anything else. It's it's too it's. Uh, it pulls every, every other movie cannot exist without this movie. Like you could have had the, the a new hope as a standalone movie and it would have been fine, but everything moving forward is like, I, I feel like it doesn't draw back to that first movie. It pulls back from this movie. So I, I think it's, it's the most important movie in the entire series. I, I would have to a hundred percent agree. Five mm-hmm. death stars mm-hmm. straight up and down. There's, there's some places, yeah, you could make some changes and it could, you know, mm-hmm. maybe make it better. But it's again, it's like you're you're tweaking, you know, one of the it's like you're tweaking the uh, the dream team, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, you could have had like Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. play on the dream team. But like, would it have really changed the fact that they, you know, blew out Lithuania by 16 points? <laughs> right. It would have no, been 70 like, percent. <laughs> right. They would have right. like they this movie is great regardless of any kind of like little flaws that we've pecked at or or anything so yeah it's it's the it's the best overall star wars movie easily. i think easily mm-hmm. okay well that wraps up uh empire strikes back then we'll our uh the star wars portion of this will be back in two weeks from now mm-hmm. as we get ready to talk about the end of the original trilogy which I know we just, this is only the second one, but it still is kind of crazy that we're almost already through the original. Right. Yeah. You know, because it feels like we should be doing, I don't know, three episodes on on every movie because right. 
they're the most important, but we could keep going. Uh, we could, we could. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll be talking about return of the Jedi in two weeks from now, but you guys watching stuff will be back. Again yeah. We're next back week. with, I, um, age of Ultron, age of Ultron. So, oh, okay. Yeah. We'll I love the guardians of the Gal. I just finished listening to that one mm -hmm. last night. Um, mm -hmm. Because Guardians is one of my favorite it's good one. Marvel movies. I mean, it's one mm -hmm. of the best ones. It feels yeah. like it, is, it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy is the Empire Strikes Back for Marvel. Right, almost. It, yeah, like we had talked about it. Like the rest, it, it launches everything forward, and it becomes the blueprint for every single movie moving forward. Um, yeah. But I do also want to shout out um, the Talking Smack podcast because they've been like super supportive and Big time. Um, they they talk about this kind of stuff like they um, it's called Talking Smack for um, superheroes, movies, animation and comics. And so they they gave us a little shout out on their latest episode on Avatar 2. Um, so go check them out. They're really good peeps. Um, talk all this nerd stuff. So if you like this nerd stuff, you will love them. They're at Talking Smack. S M A C pod on Twitter. So go check them out. Yeah. They've been, they've been huge. Really cool to mm -hmm. really cool to have like that support between two uh, nerdy ass podcasts. That's right. Like us. <laughs> Big ass nerds. Big ass nerds. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter at H E R O O I N E and all of my podcasts and stuff, because um, I just love hearing myself talk, I guess. Um, we'll are posted there. And uh, sorry, I got distracted by creepy Lando here. <laughs> <laughs> I go, hello. Yeah, hello. Um, I am on Twitter uh, at DK all the way. And just like Aaron, you can find all of my podcast, video, other nonsense stuff uh, over there as well. So, yeah, until next time, everybody, for Aaron, for myself. Iconic. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, as always, may the force be with you. And with you as well. <laughs> <laughs>